0: Hello,
1: and welcome to the Hospitality Insights podcast in focus. Join us every week for a fresh episode of conversation, insight, and analysis with contributions from senior people across the industry. We hope you enjoy listening.
2: Hello and welcome to Hospitality Insight in Focus, where we discuss the people and stories in hospitality investment, development, operations and much more. I'm Julie Raegor, Content Director at Questex Hospitality and Travel and I'm joined by my colleague Catherine Dogon, Editor-in-Chief of Hospitality Insight. Hello Catherine, how are you? I'm very well Julie, how are you? Very good and uh, so you've been traveling between uh, Paris and London, how are you finding the, uh, the process? Um,
1: it's, um, it's heavier on the paper collecting than, um, than normal. Uh, so lots of form filling in, although I must admit my, my passenger health locator, public locator health form, no one really seems to know what it's called. Um, I'm now just doing it online and no one's checking to see that I have so 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 that's been going well and obviously paris is uh red again so on my street in particular i just saw some uh, some tourists the only tourists i've seen for a while in fact some tourists being told off for walking down the street without wearing a mask because we are now um street by street mask wearing um so yes Although, somewhat worryingly, the latest data shows that um, the spread in this city, anyway, hasn't been caused by tourists or parties. It's been caused by office workers. So um, wow. everyone's about to be wearing masks in offices and, um, and all the lovely open plan offices that we've been encouraged to think are so wonderful and great um, will now have Perspex cubicles installed. So it's a return to cubicle working people. Uh, Dilbert is back and this time he's wearing a mask. <laughs>
2: So let's have a look um, at what, what's been in the news this week. Um, so this week, we continued uh, discussing the Travelodge story, the, uh, the, the saga of the summer. And uh, Catherine, you've been interviewing Thomas Magnusson, CEO of Magnusson Hotels, and Lionel Benjamin, CEO of uh, Galwing Hospitality, which is one of our course partners in the new Ago Hotel
1: platform. Well, fortunately, Lionel clears up how to pronounce it um, in the interview, and I have already forgotten um, so, ago maybe ago? Ago? ago ago. Well, they are having ago any, ago anyway at it. So there we are. I'm sure it's not hey I can't remember, but um, <laughs> it could have been worse. Could have been worse. Uh, so yes, yes. Yeah, so the two yeah. sort of main contenders, and then of course we have um, Goodnight, who may yet uh, sweep in. And of course, you know they could all stay at Travelodge.
2: Yes, and that and that seems uh, a bit a bit. Um... To me, confusing. What? How would they stay within the Travelodge? What would shape would that take? Would they? Would it be the same as before? Would it take a different um, uh, kind of uh,
1: partnerships contract? What? What would it be like? Um, well, they they all signed up to a to a different um, agreement um, under after the CVA, um, mm-hmm. and the CVA also gave them the option to get out of the agreement entirely. And we're now coming up to the break um, deadlines. For doing that, so they could stick with that, and depending on whether they're ABC ranked, they get a certain percentage of rent at a certain time, um, and things would carry on as normal. Um, I think one of the issues facing the sector at the moment, um, and something that we saw in the results season, was the issue of conversions, where lots of, um, of the companies thought they were going to be picking up loads and loads and loads of new hotels. Um, but the reality is that if you're not getting anyone coming in through the door, paying any money even to change flags at a time when no one is staying at a hotel anyway, can seem like too much money. So there's the possibility that some travel lodges um, will stay travel lodges. There's also the possibility that some will just drop out of the hotel system entirely. And given my personal knowledge of some of these travel lodges, it wouldn't be the worst thing that ever happened. Um, so some of them may stay. It seems entirely possible that some people think Travelodge has done a cracking job plenty of people have plenty of good things to say about the Travelodge management team um and it's not necessarily all their fault and they have done a reasonable job and better the devil you know
2: and if we had this story happen last year uh one of the interesting contenders could have been oil right
1: yes um, but uh, nowhere to be seen um we understand that they did have discussions um with some of the landlords, um, but nothing has really come of it as yet that we've heard, certainly not in volume. So, um, mm. so no, um, we're very big on the rent um, or revenue guarantees, um, we haven't heard any sign of where they continue with that. Going into the pandemic, they were already having a difficult time, mm. so um, I think that their silence uh, probably speaks volumes at this point.
2: Yes, and uh, and Premiering are only interested in
1: some of the properties, uh, the, it we're, the, yes. the quality is
2: not even, is it?
1: No, it's um, it's <laughs> it's not a, it's not an even portfolio. No, um, but Premier Inn are believed to be um, picking up. They have um, talked to some landlords, but we understand they'll be picking up twenty to thirty sites.
2: This week, you've uh, also published an open letter from uh, Sagar Shah and Rish Gandhi, uh, co-founders of Reform Lodging, uh, a letter to the CEOs of Expedia and Bookings asking for long-term concessions and temporary relief programs to support hotel owners. Uh, You've published the article with a poll asking our readers whether OTAs should provide relief to owners. And the response was pretty pretty clear, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, so last time I looked, it was about 98%. Yes, we should get relief from the OTAs. You'll be staggered to note. We should, really should have put an option in for no, we want to pay twice as much. Um, but uh, but no, it turns out that we should be getting relief from the OTAs. It's an interesting um, idea, this, because uh, so much of what happens with the OTAs is to do with the size of your organisation, of course, as Marriott found when they renegotiated their Expedia contract. Um, and Expedia have offered some relief. It's true, but they're um, more interested in, um, in getting something from uh, from booking. But I recommend visiting the website and, uh, and going have a look at the letter because it's very well put across. Um, Segar has written for us before and he is not lacking in opinions. Uh, so, so last week,
2: uh, Hospitality Insights um, uh, changed a bit in that um, we we now have a membership um System where you uh, well, you have to be a member to access some of the most uh, insightful and, uh, and uh, information worthy content. But um, uh, for the next 60, to 60 days, you can uh, have a free subscription. So please make sure to go to the website and uh, subscribe to get uh, all the juicy information. Until then, some of the uh, kind of shorter pieces and pieces of news are accessible to everyone as well.
1: Yes, so get in there quickly before Travelodge gets sold and you don't find out who it is. Well, not sold as much as, but split up, destroyed, and becoming something else. (laughs) I think anyone wants to buy Travelodge. (laughs) Um, So...
2: Um back to the the this um uh, open letter. So Sega Shah and Rich Candy have co-founded Reform Lodging in April this year. Um and it is they describe it as a hospitality industry think tank and advocacy organization looking to uphold and protect the interest of hotel owners globally. Now, between this and the travel owners, t- travel lodge owners action groups, it looks like owners are looking for strength in numbers. Um Is it a big shift in the hotel market? Is it something we're going to see more of?
1: Um, well, we' of course, we've had um Simon Iyer and Hoftel for a while. Um, but it's generally felt by it's generally felt by all parties in any scenario that they are the put upon party, of course. um but particularly now, it's generally felt that um, owners are even more put upon than not. And of course, what's happened with the travelers' thing is that currently the law prevents you from from kicking out people who don't pay rent. Um, that's coming to an end in the UK soon. and we should be interested to see what the ramifications of that are. Um, there's probably a face that goes with that. Um so, and that, that, I think, that is the face. But, um, but yes, uh, owners are getting together and doing it for themselves. And uh, this pandemic, I think, probably has encouraged them to realise that maybe things aren't as delightful as they could have been. Um, certainly not for people who may have leases, um, but for franchises as well, they're feeling that they're at the um, at the very back of the pack, and maybe being a bit put upon by all the many, many, many parties in the stack. And in this case, um, the OTAs, they feel. Out that one more thing. So, uh, so yes, I say, you know, I've always wanted to unionize. I live in France, so.
2: <laughs> I don't expect we'll, uh, we'll see hotel owners uh, setting, setting fire to tires in front of their properties, though. I wouldn't start suggesting it.
1: Yes, uh, Airbnb. Uh, I think it's, it depends. It's interesting if they're going to change their business model like they keep saying they're going to, and then they don't. Mm. So,
2: when. It's it's it seems to have changed quite a lot in that like when was it last year a couple of years ago um, uh, people were kind of getting a bit concerned because they were looking into buying properties and getting a bit more in the hotel sector but uh, but really this year they're back into being really a tech company rather than a hospitality company right yeah. is that yeah, it's that's, made that's
1: their what... decision now. That's what it says on their. Um, that's what it's always said, actually, on their um, listings forms, uh, and any kind of form that they submit to the, um, not their listing forms, any kind of form they submit to the, the SEC. It says I think it's what like other technology, or something. Um, so they've always done that. But they, but back when they were getting loads of money from Silver Lake and other evil entities, um, not evil, other private equity companies are available, um, other entities. <laughs> they um, did say they were going to make a move more into long term, into student and things along those lines. Um, now is is clearly not the time. Now specifically to leap directly into student, although you know in the long term it still looks good. As we've seen, there've been lots of deals recently in France. Um, students are very popular. But and this was a sigh of relief for um, for jurisdictions around the world as well as all the hotels. But they've done very well out of the pandemic. Um, I stayed in an Airbnb over the summer, and many, 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 many other people did because um, it's a great way to self-isolate and uh, and stay away from everyone else. Because you know everyone else is. <sighs> um, so so they did well, and you can kind of see them thinking well, if this goes on, you know, there's no great rush to leap into students, particularly in the US where the students are largely staying at home this um, autumn. So maybe we'll see them lingering around. Um, certainly they feel confident enough to float the rumor that yet again, they might be having their IPO. Hmm.
2: So um, potential IPO, uh, Travelodge uh, being split up and eaten up by a range of other companies. Mm. What more can we expect? Uh, is is, uh, is Marius going to be buying or selling stuff?
1: I don't think Marius going to be buying or selling anything at the moment. I think mean, they're still recovering from Starwood. Uh, so I can't imagine they're going to be leaping into anything. I haven't heard any, any sniffs or rumours. Of course, what Aqua might be getting up to is anyone's guess um, at this point. <laughs> but at the moment, it's still August, so um, Sebastian is still on his panel board. Um, and uh, I'm hanging out with the Travelodge lot, of course, um, yeah. and Lionel. Uh, so we'll see what uh, what they pick up there. They could pick up a whole lot, it could be fascinating. Or it could yeah. be somewhere else. Come up with something else that's cheeky. The mind boggles, or they may have to bail out Accor Invest if a uh, colony mm-hmm. folds in on itself. So, <laughs> <It'll> be <there. laughs> the, the less glamorous, but quite likely option. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fun, No. All right. No, it's not. No, it's it
2: let's see what uh the, the um the kind of end of year you know top stories that happen this year would gosh be i can't
1: even begin to imagine what's going to happen by the end of the year yeah you just need a whole kind of collection of like of of books uh to don't have too many millions of words to write oh, no 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 I'm, I'm, writing, I'm not writing about this year <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: imagine we'll you just move me let's move on start again <laughs> exactly Let's write it off <laughs> loads of fun i'm, I'm fine now thanks
0: all right
2: oh yes so um, and so to uh, to kind of come out of the doom and gloom really and it's so we've been talking a lot uh, lately um about uh, everything that's really kind of gone wrong this year uh despite the kind of um uh, attempts of having a positive outlook really the uh, the results uh, from all the major companies in the past couple of weeks have been pretty miserable um and so i've um i've been kind of um looking uh, a bit at uh, the book you wrote you published earlier this year that oh, yes. was looking at the the hotel sector um and i've, I've really liked one of the quotes that um, you used in, in your conclusion, which is from um, Imran Hussain, uh, talking about uh, why people are into the hotel sector. And I'm just going to read it uh, and uh, to, to kind of finish on a more positive note. So um, here's what he says. Uh, Hotels are an opportunity to produce something special. And I refuse to believe that solely regarded as ROIs, projections, forecasts and budgets. It's more than that. And what we do is way more than that
1: yeah <laughs> right, 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 right. Now, on bloomsbury ladies and gentlemen yes there's, <laughs> there's a, yes there's a reason i included that quote at the end mm. and yes it's very uplifting after what has been a, a difficult well a difficult few decades for hotels haven't it as they matured and come of age
2: mm. it's but then and it's also interesting to see that this year the people who have uh, either come out of it um uh in uh, in a slightly more positive way or have been Kind of in in the news that looked at uh, uh, as companies who have had interesting responses to it are led by people who really seem to be passionate about it and excited about opportunities or about doing things differently so i'm thinking of course of bazin but uh, but uh, uh keith bar as well seems to have uh, be wanting to to bring more to uh to the sector than uh than just um pleasing shareholders for instance or it, it seems that the, the people who are um managing the crisis better are those who really look like they are passionate about the sector
1: well it's fair to say that i would like to see keith Barr unleashed on the on the four billion euros that um that Acor have at their disposal
2: <laughs> that would be interesting different personalities so let's see how that goes yes okay well thank you catherine that was a really good chat Really enjoyed it um and well, thank you very much, and uh, let's chat again soon.
1: Brilliant. Have a great week. Welcome to in Focus, and joining me today is uh, CEO of Golding Hospitality, Lionel Benjamin. Good afternoon, Lionel. Depending on what time you're watching this, but it is good afternoon for us. Um, how are you? And how is what the the process which everyone in the hospitality sector in the UK, at least, and certainly overseas as well, is observing with wild abandon?
3: How's it going? Well, it's it's been a roller coaster. Um... If you think about what we've achieved since the CVA on the 16th of June and we're nearly you know eight weeks away from uh from them and uh it's exciting because we've progressed things at a pace we've engaged very um seriously with our who have agreed to join us as a partner in the ago hotel structure so to have reached that point within an eight week window uh and talking to Sebastian Bazan and Gaurav Bhushan uh, Camille Yazbek and of course you know last but by no means least philip Nassman, who has been you know side by side with us on this journey uh it's been it, it's been a full-on eight weeks uh to have reached this point we we for those who don't know let's just talk a little bit about what we're doing in, in the go hotels
1: it's good to get clarity on how to pronounce it as well
3: by the way <laughs> well uh, we've been called many names <laughs> but ego uh, ago I, uh, I, li- I like a go, and um, it, it came about as uh, I was talking to my co-founder, Viv Watts. Uh, Viv Watts is companies called Oasis. My company, as you said, was called Galway. And I thought of having go hotels between us as our company name. Uh, it just seemed to work. And as we progressed with the brands and we narrowed down to our core, uh, I thought, well, let's give them some credibility because they are coming up with some money and they are coming up to take 10% stake in our business. And with their partnership, it's going to make things very robust for for everyone. Let's call it go Hotels. And that's how the name came about. And why did we bring it together? So I was being approached by a number of different travel lodge owners. They wanted advice on what they should do with the CVA. And I was saying to them, you need to make sure that if you're gonna lose your brand uh, if you're going to lose your operator if you're going to lose your guarantee you need to replace it with a brand of repute that has um, a foothold within the uk that already has traction and a track record and wants to stay in the uk and then you need operational support if you decide that you're going to uh, exit from Travelodge. and i just want to say you know hopefully there's you know, there's an opportunity to actually to say, "Travelodge have done a great job over the years." I am not going to um, belittle the amount of work and effort that they've put in over 30 years to build up their brand, and clearly they had very good performance over, over the years. It's been unfortunate, due to the circumstances, that it's the second CVA, um, and that has created an opportunity, but that doesn't discredit the work that's gone on within Travelodge, and I want that to be very clear. Um, but we, we see that there was a, a need for owners to have an alternative Catherine,
0: mm-hmm. and
3: uh, that's why we came up with, with this solution. Uh, the aim that we've always had at the forefront of our minds is to ensure landlords had a friendlier position and would have a stronger say at the table with their brand and with their operator. Mm-hmm. and I was saying to people, that's what you need to do, go with a brand, go with an operator. And then I met Viv, and Viv seemed to have this black book of Travelodge landlords, because (laughs) he formed the Travelodge Owners Action Group. And I just saw the synergy between he and I, with his level of reach into the Travelodge owning community on my side, my background in the hotel hospitality industry, whether it was with brands, whether it's with the valuers and the banks um, and the operators. And I just felt that I could work together with him and we could build a go into something longer term. And that's what seems to be materializing uh, over the last eight weeks. We've had tremendous interest in our proposal. And last Thursday, we had the benefit of um, Sebastian Bazan and Gaurav Bouchan. And uh, they were sitting in Paris. Um, talking to a large number of interested parties. We had over 160 people attending the call, representing a uh, a large proportion of the Travelodge ownership group. Alongside them in the UK was Thomas Dubert, the Chief Operating Officer, and they spoke uh, at length about why they see the Ego solution as something innovative, cheeky, something that offers an immediate cash return to landlords that will be getting little or zero cash uh, at the moment and it offers them medium and longer term value and a higher upside on the cash once we return to normal trading. So all in all, um, Sebastian Mazam was very, very positive. It made our uh, day to hear him online in front of The big audience saying that he was delighted to be our partner and our partner meaning that there's financial support coming in from Accor and um, it was very good for us that after eight weeks of slogging away to hear him actually say that uh, we were very happy
1: yeah and so flexibility was the message that he was putting across in that call there very very flexible can offer all sorts of things this would be a huge win for Accor as as we know a real footprint in the in the budget world. Um, they're offering £1,000 per room at the moment for um, help with um, IT and conversion. Um, some of the other brands have complained to me behind everyone else's back that this isn't very much. Um, yeah. And one of the reasons possibly, um, and you can tell me why you didn't go with the other brands, um, is because their offering would be so much more expensive. Going forward, um, there will be the need for more capex in these rooms. How are you planning on funding that?
3: I'm very pleased you asked me that question. Um, Yes, there's been a lot of talk about the capex and we want to be very, very clear about uh, capex um, in a different way to perhaps how it's been spent before, where no one had the detail. No one was into how much exactly was spent on my hotel. Uh, Believe it or not, we have landlords that we've spoken to who have had zero transparency because that is how these agreements have been uh, signed up. So, you know, you signed up for that. We don't don't expect anything different. Um, what we're saying is that initially there's going to be a contribution to take out uh, the Travelodge accent items, replace them with the IBIS budget accent items, join the IT infrastructure and replace signage. Accor's purchasing power in the UK is sufficiently strong that all of that can be done for a thousand pounds per key, meaning that our landlords do not have to worry about that initial cost. And that's a, a, a big headache for them taking off their shoulders. Uh, moving forward, we've said that there'll be a capex fund. The capex will be payable by each hotel. And the difference is that we will be able to show the owners, because they're sitting at the table with us in the partnership structure, that every penny that they've put in from their capex fund for their hotel will be respent on their hotel. So we will use that fund to further spend on improving the hotel and taking the hotel to a level that will hopefully be improved on where they are today and will make a difference to the guest experience, enhancing that experience and ensuring that we can support our own initiatives to drive the run rate.
1: Right, and um, it's an intriguing hybrid structure. Um, Ackle have a reputation for um, unusual lease structures, and they were the first to bring in variable leases in this country, so this is well within their remit. Um, how, do you, how have you seen the um, owners approaching what can look on paper quite a complicated structure?
3: So you're, you're right, this has been um, probably the, the biggest challenge we've had, is to explain to people what is the difference here. Um, Accor have been the most innovative, and you asked about other brands and why Accor. Accor, because they've been innovative and they understand this opportunity, and most importantly, they have the strongest balance sheet. Um, And that's not, you know, my speculation. This is looking at the facts. 2018 published numbers. uh, Accor was published at two, two and a half billion dollars of cash. Uh, whereas the other three it's big mates, hours, so yes, that's gone. Yeah, exactly. So, so the, the strength of their balance sheet is, is phenomenal. And it is because of their innovative approach that they were the best partner for the landlords and therefore our best partner, whoever was going to come up with the best uh, solution. And that best doesn't necessarily mean only the money, it's the wider solution. It's, it is money, but it is also distribution costs it's the longevity of the relationship it's not about only today yes of course i want to ensure that land feel to be a seamless transition so today it's Travelodge, lodge tomorrow it's ibis budget and that's the only difference they see and then explain to them that what you're going to receive is this 50 percent rent roll and that will be driven out of your EBDA in order to get to that point we only require 30 to 35 percent occupancy level to deliver that and when we've modeled this out for various uh, landlords to to show them this they can see the upside as soon as occupancy levels start to come back you can see the upside in their opportunity and yes there is risk that it takes longer for the upside to come but as soon as it does come back and budget has always proven itself to be the sector that comes back first uh, then i think these landlords will be very pleased with the decision they've made to transfer across into our solution.
1: Right, and and should they wish to get out of, of hotels entirely, I can't imagine why you wish to do such a thing, but should they wish to do such a thing, um, do you see this kind of hybrid lease structure presenting some confusion for valuation or is that something that you've looked at?
3: No, we, we had to look at that. It was imperative that uh, for the landlords we could say to them, valuers and banks will also understand this structure and it was very, very key and the valuers that we've spoken to have said, look, today's world, anyone paying 100% lease, and it doesn't matter whether it's hotels or it's retail, It everywhere has been hit by this. All the industries that uh, involve rental and landlords and leases and tenants have all suffered. Um, so to say you're going to pay 100% today in the hotel sector is so unlikely to be achieved. And the fact that the CVA is happening, it tells you a lot. When you say you're going to achieve 50%, That first 50% gets a lot more focus in terms of the value and a lower cap rate, because it is that much more certain. If you blend that with the operational risk, which is very similar to any other franchise operation, and those franchise operations historically were probably at a yield of around 8%, and guaranteed income was sitting in the region of around 4%. In our model, we weren't as bullish as that. We said four and a half on the first 50%, we said 8% on the remaining franchise. When you blend the two together, we were already delivering a 13% growth on value once the business is stabilized again. And that doesn't include the value that anyone may choose to put on the 49% state that a landlord's gonna have in our Opco. So with the landlords having a share in the operational company, uh, we don't know what that's going to be worth today. But certain investors have said to me on the phone, Lionel, that's great, we get this 49% share, we see that, what's your plan? Is that gonna be floated? How are you going to leverage that? And I'm saying, guys, whoa, yes, that will be something we're gonna look at. But phase one is let's get people on board. Mm -hmm. Let's make sure that everyone understands what it is that we're offering. And let's give clarity to that, articulate that proposal uh, as concisely and uh, as clearly as we can and make sure that the landlords buy into it. And where they've got questions that need answering, let's answer them. Once we know how many we've got on board and we can estimate a cash flow of what's coming through the business, at a point in time, yes, we'll have a look at that. But that 49% is there as an added incentive for landlords to come on board with us. Because it's not only the cash value, it is the ability to sit at the table with the brand and with the operator and discuss your opinion
1: right um and so how are you how are things coming along with bringing rooms on board i think accor need 8000 rooms to make all their dreams come true um and we're looking at the first deadline is is august the 28th and then there's the potential to extend um which you won't know anymore. and how are things looking for the august the 28th deadline
3: so it's early days yet and uh until such time as we've got signed agreements i wouldn't want to speculate on a number as to how many will sign up I can say that over well over 100 hotels have indicated that they would like to join the platform, which is great news. And I think it'll be very telling as to when we start sending out the agreements release as to how many signups we do get prior to the 28th of August. And I think it's a, um, it'll be a series of sign-ups. It's not going to just happen that everyone's going to give in their notice next week or the week after. Uh, we expect this to be ongoing right up until the 16th of November, which is the long-stop date. And in the interim, I, I think we'll see a gradual sign-on process over the coming weeks and months.
1: Okay, so if it gets to August 29th and you've only got 4,000 rooms, Accor aren't going to lose interest?
3: Accor said, uh, Sebastian said on the call, if there's 25 hotels, we're going, we're doing it. He said, we, you know, it, we'd prefer to have 250. But with 25, we're going to give it a go. So uh, I, I, that was very encouraging. And it, I think just goes to show his commitment and, and realism. It, you know, right now, it's anybody's guess as to how many hotels are going to join. We've had some very, very encouraging conversations with a large number of the ownership population. And there are a lot of single owners, single landlords out there that we're talking to. But as importantly, we're talking to the bigger groups as well. And there's not many big groups out there within Travelodge. So we've got some good indications, and hopefully they materialize and we'll know we'll know in the coming twelve weeks, I guess.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, the secure income REIT portfolio immediately leaps to mind. Um, I think there had been some mentioned before that um, Acor might be involved in possibly bringing in a buyer for that, um, which would obviously play in its favor. Um, uh, I was also curious to note on the call that there are a couple of people there who have um, small budget groups in other brands, um, not Travelodge but other brands you would know the name of for example, Um, uh, have you had any interest from other brands possibly looking to leverage this or hotels under other brands possibly looking to leverage the current pandemic to make a bit of a leap?
3: We we have had a number of approaches, we have two brands that are still out there knocking on our doors saying look if there's still an opportunity to do something alongside core." if you know you want to work with us you know on, on other elements of the deal I think the brands realise that there's a new opportunity today that's been created by the circumstances we're all in and they want to look at this and see how they can innovate the same way that cause seen this opportunity and try to come up with solutions for the landlords that uh, are more appealing than what they have today
1: mm-hmm.
3: so I think that I think the other brands do do get it. Um, It's just about having the wherewithal financially to actually support the landlords. And Accor certainly has that wherewithal and they've put their best foot forward. Uh, In terms of owners that have other hotels with other brands, we have had a couple of approaches where people have said, you know, would you do this for our hotel as well, even though we're not a travel lodge. And we said, yes, we would. However, the focus today is travel lodge. There's enough um, going on to keep us busy with people contacting us saying, you know, tell us more about what you're doing with with Travelodge because we own hotels and we've heard that you may have a solution. So we've got to focus on that today. And I think once we've set, settled and embedded Travelodge landlords into our proposal, we can then look at a wider footprint.
1: Right. And um, is this the end of the fixed lease?
3: Oh wow. I, I wouldn't say that because Premier Inn is so strong. Um, I, I think that Premier Inn will be watching what we're doing uh, very carefully. I think that they'll um, have a, a view on this. They may become the leader in the field uh, for the fixed income lease. Uh, however, I don't see new entrants into the fixed income leased, um market. I see it as being much more of a variable approach moving forward and whether it's our hybrid or an alternative hybrid, then you know, so be it, there'll, there'll be others, but I don't think the fixed lease will have new entrants. I think that we'll see um, Travelodge exist in perhaps a slightly adjusted way moving forward, but who knows, and Premier Inn certainly focusing on where they've capitalised the market and they've had strength in the market. and you know whether they can justify expanding on that same basis moving forward is another story mm. they'll be watching closely to see what we achieve i guess
1: <laughs> i bet um and uh, and finally you've presumably been doing all this remotely how have you not gone mental <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: um, maybe i have <laughs> maybe, maybe this is all a pipe dream uh I, I, Catherine, it's been tough, actually, I have to say, because I'm a hotelier. I want to get out there and be in hotels and talking to the landlords face to face. I think you can't beat that interaction of going into the hotels and actually seeing how they're performing. You identify opportunities when you're in the hotels. You can't identify those opportunities remotely. So I have been out on the road a little looking at some of the travel lodges and uh, trying to just get a feel for for the situation. But I've um, been very fortunate not to have to work from home i'm working very close to home in a in a great location with great views out to uh, london and uh, when um when you think you're losing it a little uh, i just get on the phone and do my calls looking out at a beautiful view in front of me so yeah can't wait to get back on the road and start seeing people in person it's great to see people through technology but it's not the same as shaking a hand and uh, having a coffee or a beer with someone
1: no it's not well Fascinating. I continue to be overwhelmingly fascinated by this story and it's keeping us all going in the difficult times. Um, So thank you very much for the time today. It's hugely appreciated. Thank
3: you, Catherine, for the opportunity and look forward to sharing
0: further updates.
1: And joining me today is Tom Magnuson, CEO of Magnuson Hotels. Tom, how are you?
0: Very, very fine, Catherine. Nice to be here today. I hope I get the chance to talk to uh, widespread to a lot of travel lodge owners today. (laughs)
1: <laughs> is that is that what's on your agenda today? From having your well,
0: possibly it's on my it's on my mind a lot lately.
1: I can sense it must be. It's it's the story of the summer, and everyone is just uh, glommed onto it, as you can imagine. It's the only thing that's that's happening, and it's it's something that's. Has such potential to change the way that the sector um, looks um, in the UK and potentially everywhere else. People are very excited about what this means for contracts and budget and all sorts of things. So, say I'm a travel lodge owner, um, uh, not uh, where shall I have my travel lodge. I think by the roadside, um, uh, not somewhere like Devon or Cornwall, where they're no doubt enjoying fruits <laughs> of success at the moment. We won't talk about that. Well, um, I've got a lodge on the way to Devon and Cornwall. Um, how do you sell me? Why should I change to Magnuson?
0: First thing you should know is that I'm the same as you. Um, I started at the age of eight, working in a roadside motel out on the highway. Uh, with, with no leisure business, just uh, just trying to make a business go around. Now that's different than the um, most of the travelodge landlords right now. The, the travelodge landlords, uh, I find, are kind of in a, an unfortunate situation because um, what they've signed on for was a very simple proposition, and that was uh, um, I just want a rent guarantee for twenty five years, and their whole, their whole uh, expectation has been completely upended. And what I worry about is the complexity uh, and the many unsaid things that are awaiting the landlords as they're at this crossroads. So what are the, what are the unsaid things? Well, the biggest, the biggest promise, of course, is rent guarantees lease guarantees, because that's what what the owners, the, the landlords, are needing. But what concerns me is that some of the largest unsaid things are um, who's going to guarantee it? How is it guaranteed? Is it really guaranteed? Um, now, it was a fairly simple proposition with Travelodge. Um, lease get paid now after two cvas possibly more that's that's being worried about there are a lot of new companies coming in with uh alliances with major brands um some of these new companies um people really are are uncertain what their balance sheets or their ability to guarantee debt are Um, if i was an owner i would be concerned about that I would also be concerned that the largest brands in the world want to come in and help me, but even though they have the big, massive balance sheets, um, they're not willing to guarantee and and if and if they really looked, they'd find out that the reason some of their balance sheets are so large, such as a, a core or Marriott, is because they've gone asset light. Um, and so I, I the biggest concern is, the the promise of a rent guarantee um, because it doesn't seem to be it's an uncertain footing that's the first one
1: okay and so what will you be offering instead
0: we're we're talking to a a great number of travel lodge owners directly on a one by one basis we're going to be um, making those available in the coming weeks But uh, we, as we are privately held, um, and we are well capitalized, so we are. More details about that will be coming. But our our discussions are really on a one-on-one basis
1: Mm
2: -hmm.
0: uh, with landlords, rather than on a widespread basis
1: okay and can you talk us through your model a little bit more because in in my mind this um the current who will go where for Travelodge, and people could still stay with Travelodge. it's you know entirely possible I, I find it unlikely but people do believe that that a large chunk will um it seems to be that one of the models um and i'm not favoring either one one of the models is quite complicated and your model is very simple so it'd be good to get just some uh just to tell the viewers. Exactly how simple (laughs) it is, because it's very, very simple indeed, um, which I find intriguing.
0: Thanks for bringing that up. Um, And we all know, (laughs) we all know no matter what our position in life, we're all disappointed and bitten by the fine print somewhere, whether it's our credit card or our mobile phone or our franchise relationship. So we've intentionally made ours very simple because Melissa and I started this business um from a hotel owner basis to create a platform that was simple transparent and fair so the brand proposition that we're offering to travel lodge owners is um is a complete worldwide reservation system full marketing um full distribution it's the revenue side our job is to bring in the money we're also um aligning with a handful of, of management companies to offer one holistic turnkey solution to the Travel Lodge owners. Um, the biggest difference is, well, there, there are two key differences um, that you will not find with Magnuson. First, Magnuson is the only brand in the top 20 and possibly the world that will not require a PIP. Now, I understand um, oh, but you're you're not a hotel owner. You're a a landlord, so you don't know what a PIP is, <laughs> a property improvement plan. And this is buried in in every franchise brand contract. And I understand that some of the proposals now say, um, like Ibis, that there won't be uh, a PIP. But there is no brand alive other than Magnuson that will not at some point require a PIP. My my estimation for any landlord would be that in two to three years, when the economy starts to moderate somewhat and revenues achieve some type of base stability, they will receive the, the property improvement plan requirement letter from the franchisor. And what that's going to mean is the letter is going to say it's time for you to bring your property up to in line with the global brand standards. Financially, what that means is about 1,500 pounds per room key. If the average travel lodge owner, landlord receives about 350,000 pounds a year in in pre-CVA lease revenues, they've just had three years. Of, of pre-CVA level revenue wiped out. Mm. And most of the proposals that are out there say there will be no PIP. But I would caution any landlord to read the fine print because we have. And there is always the right to um, levy a PIP. The second thing that I would be concerned about any for any uh, travel lodge property owner, is an area protection. Now, what we find uh, as, uh, as as you're a hotel owner or a brand company, area protection is probably the greatest determinant of how much revenue you will get or or you will not get. Now. You want to have the brand provide a very strong area of protection, um, so that's your turf, that's your market to draw from. However, the largest brand companies, such as Accor and Marriott, they've driven a, a massive global consolidation of of of, of scale by pr- bringing many brands into one system. So, if I'm a travel lodge landlord and and I'm asked to sign up with IBIS, Um, you might want to ask yourself, do you want to get in in line behind 250 other first line franchisees in your home turf? Because in this economy right now, and even in a stabilized economy, um, there's only so much business that goes through a brand system. the, the the more hotels that are on that system there is going to be dilution uh, for for each um, for each landlord those are some of the things that i don't i don't know if they're properly disclosed but i'd be concerned if i was a travel lodge landlord Right. So as
1: uh, an owner of Travelodge and Extra Roadside, um, I'm currently seeing little to no revenue coming in. Um, everyone who's flying down to Devon and Cornwall is just going straight past me. It's very distressing. Um, and because of that, I'm looking at the other op- offers out there and I'm thinking, I've got very little money coming in. Is it even worth me converting? Is it even worth me spending the money to put the sign over the door? Who's going to help me with this? with this conversion? Are you going to help me with this conversion cost?
0: Our, our program is going to have help with the conversion cost. Our program is definitely going to help with the conversion cost of signage, um, also um, bringing the property, um, refreshing it. Uh, but one of the key things that we find about the Travelodge landlords is how magnificent most of the properties already really are. Um, uh, we find that most properties are above a four out of five average uh, review score. It's really important for property owners to know that what's going to drive value and revenue for your asset in the market um, is your aggregate review score. Not what color, not what color scheme you are. Are you are you uh, um you know holiday in blue or so and so orange or or the new red scheme it's not that it's your reviews um i think that in liverpool alone 10 out of the 12 travel lodges are 4.1 and above out of five so yeah we're gonna help with with with, with that and, and get that going but that's only the start um what landlords need to understand is that many brands put a sign above the door, and and then they just um, appropriate the business that, that comes through or a share of that. The Magnuson platform is very, very different. We're kind of like your invisible employees. In other words, we're going to look at that asset and say, how much revenue can your roadside asset properly generate or your city center asset? Um, Many of the brands like to boast about how much business comes through brand.com, but what property owners need to know is that's because they're not bringing in business through a lot of other ancillary channels. So our approach, which is why um, we're the number one performance brand in the US and in the US and UK. Uh, our rev par last year and this year uh, it is, is three times the national average. That's because for each property, we don't just say, here's how much business comes through brand.com. We go out and say, how much, first off, how much non leisure business can we bring? Because that's what we specialize in. And that's kind of the humdrum non-exciting business that are the are, are the are the wheels of, of hotels. Construction, transportation, medical, government, educational, these people that need to be on the road 52 weeks a year. So to answer your question, how how did we come in and and mobilize the hotel. Sure, first there's the cosmetic. In most travel lodges, you look great already, let's get going. Then we plug in the system, work with our team, and then bring in the number one thing is expand your sources of business. Um, I haven't seen any hotel alive that can't do better than it already is.
1: Fantastic. OK, I will file all this under my consideration. Um, so, <laughs> so away from away from my, my roadside hotel, uh, is this the end of fixed leases?
0: That's a good question. Um, it's it, it very, very could be um, what I see a lot in the sector. You see things like JD Sports, um, you see a lot of uh, retailing. Um, obviously, uh, obviously, retailing is not is, is a mixture of of, of base plus EBITA. Um, it very very well could be. It just seems like the largest, certainly the largest hotel chains, have all moved towards asset light.
3: Mm. So uh,
0: this this could be. Uh, however, that does not. That does not mean a bad thing for the Travelodge landlords, because if the Travelodge landlords signed on with um, a performance machine that offered uh, a proper share of EBITDA and the statistics of the proof that could show that it could outperform the market, it could be better than the, the fixed lease.
1: Could be could be, and finally, um, how has it been doing all this, um, remotely on Zoom? Have you <laughs> have, is it permanent styles or upgraded in, uh, in glasses prescription? <laughs>
0: um, it's funny how fast we've all acclimated to it, it <laughs> we've we, we've all acclimated to it, but um, actually, we're we're moving into a, a a vastly expanded HQ in Kings Cross in about sixty days, Oh, wow. uh, we're, we're we're significantly expanding our team, um, and uh, you know we're we're mobilizing. There's uh, again, uh, we see that, and we need to do that because not only not only is there the significant interest from the the travelodge landlords, but we're launching a new key money. Solution for hotel owners in in the UK, US, and Europe. Um, this this end of this quarter, whereby we're we're going to offer fifteen hundred pounds per room um, signing bonus oh, for okay. for any hotel branding. Mm. We're seeing we're seeing that you know beyond the, the travel lodge landlord scenario, it's going to get worse before it gets better. That's our take. Um, this this fall, this winter, um, what we see from our side is that there will be man- managed lockdowns. Mm. There will be no, who who knows if there's an end, but what, what we do conservatively pro- project is, is, is uh, a, at least a year of managed lockdowns, which will, greatly suppress business, but not shut it down. And that is really compressing this, the, the, the revenue situation for traditional hotel owners, mm. which, is, which is why our mission um, has always been number one, to build a platform to help other hotel owners. And so as we've gotten larger and we've gotten better capitalized, What we want to do is look at some of these operators and say can we come in with a key money solution to to help that owner um, keep afloat operate and renovate historically those who renovate during a downturn when the upturn comes boom they're first out of the gate
1: Mm, well, on the um, on the uh, Ibis calls that um, that I saw, there were a lot of owners there, obviously from Travelodge landlords, um, but there were also a lot of people who owned hotels under other brands who'd uh, come in to have a sniff around, and see what was going. Mm. So, um, so I think yes, I think you're right. I think what what has begun with Travelodge will then roll out to everywhere else, and there will be a lot of people needing a lot of help. So, um, fantastic. Well, thanks a lot for your time this morning, um, and uh, and it's always a pleasure. Thank you to our hosts and contributors for creating this week's episode. Plenty to consider, absorb and reflect on. If your appetite for knowledge remains unquenched, visit our website hospitalityinsights.com for more content with purpose and tune
0: in next week for another new episode of In Focus.